my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you're having a fantastic day today, as always, and thank you again for supporting the Ted Austin Brower Show and supporting Health Masters. We do this for you guys every single day, getting the truth out there and continuing to encourage everyone to do the same. If you guys need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com, with the product of the week. On sale right now, the Testo Plus formula. Be sure to check that out over the weekend. And I was looking and reading this article here. And this is interesting about Meta and Facebook and this crazy monster that this whole thing has become. And it's interesting because there's an article that came out from uh, Breitbart. And it goes into detail exactly what I've warned about for years. And it says exposing Meta's $36 billion plot to reengineer society and the dangerous future plans for tech addiction. And it talks about in this article here how it's basically Meta's pattern of intentionally using harmful and aggressive tactics to get users addicted to social media apps like Facebook, Instagram, and documents a shocking rise in depression and suicide that scientists have linked directly to media use, social media use. And this just comes in weeks after dozens of state attorney generals filed suit against Facebook and Instagram's parent company Meta and three of its subsidiaries for harming children by addicting them to social media platforms. And what's interesting about this is the targeting of children and teens for monetary reasons and for direct targeting ads is basically leaked out in this document, and it shows how essentially the youth is a valuable untapped audience, and essentially this is what they've gone for. And billions of dollars have been spent now in basically this ambitious intent to go after children younger and younger and younger with social media platforms. This isn't a game for these individuals that are running these platforms. This is money. This is business. They want to get a, a basically a younger and younger and younger demographic addicted to these social media platforms so they can continue to basically turn them into just useful eaters, I guess you could say. Just they sit around and consume, they buy, they look at, all they do is scroll, all they do is buy, all they do is consume. And that's exactly what it goes to here. It says Meta has already filed a patent for bionic eyeballs so the users can bring their virtual reality with them everywhere and never have to leave. Meta has also gone and tinkering with other brand new technologies, including a synthetic skin prototype called Reskin, and essentially so users can literally feel and grasp the metaverse while they have their virtual augmented goggles on. This is all, all designed primarily towards the younger generation to put these kids in such a depressed state that all they want to do is live in this digital world that they're building and trying to get people involved in now. This is what it's been working on for years so that eventually these kids will not even understand what reality is. And essentially the only reality they'll know is the digital universe that they're pushing. That's why they're making this stuff so aggressive. That's why they're making it so realistic. That's why they're making it so cool, I guess you could say, for this younger generation. That's why I've repeatedly said you've got to be careful. Smartphone addiction affects brain function and mental health. There's no question about it. According to a recent study published in Computers and Human Behavior, smartphones can cause cognitive impairments, poor sleep quality, and depression. The study notes that all the problematic smartphone use generally correlates with screen time. High screen time alone does not necessarily cause adverse effects. Smartphone usage only becomes problematic when it starts to interfere with daily life. And this is what happens with these younger kids is they get wrapped up on these things where all they do 
They become addicted to the screen time. All they want to do is stare at their social media platform. It doesn't matter if it's three or four in the morning and they're exhausted and there's no useful purpose for them to be up that late. They're going to sit there and they're going to continue to scroll through these platforms and stare at the screen because it's becoming an addiction. So understand that and realize that this is becoming a very serious problem for the younger generation and all across the board. But in general, the younger generation is most susceptible to this because you've got a generation now that is never going to understand what it's like to actually go to a concert or go to an event and actually enjoy the event and actually be there, be present with it, that this generation essentially has to have their phone out 24-7. They have to record everything. They have to monitor everything. They have to show everything off. They have to post everything. And there's becoming a serious issue. So, again, it's something to address, something to look at, and really something that I encourage all of you guys to really monitor, especially if you have young kids. Last night I went to a buddy's birthday party, dinner, with a bunch of – Bunch of different friends, and they brought their kids and stuff, and it was funny because we put all the kids at one end of the table because, you know, they're just wild, having fun. And all of them, none of them were on iPads or iPhones or anything. None of them had anything. And it's funny how they were interacting and playing tic-tac-toe and using the different, you know, um, piece of paper that they got from the restaurant and doing all kinds of interactive engagement. It was funny because it was it was good to see because I looked on the, one of the other sides of the room, and there was a family over there, and they had, like, two kids – and both the kids had their iPads out, iPads out at dinner. Family's not even really talking. They're having like a meal engagement, I guess you could say. And the kids are just staring at their iPhones or their iPads. And I just thought to myself, that, that is the problem. And that is the younger generation that we're raising. And so, again, I encourage you guys, continue to raise little Americans and continue to make sure they're actually growing up and engaging and learning how to interact with one another because social behavior and social interaction is enormously important at this age. And it is crucial that you continue to monitor that, encourage that, and try to do everything you can to keep them off the internet as long as possible. What do you think, Ted? You know, Austin, the thing with the internet is uh, it's, it's what it's doing to people and what it's doing to children is destroying them. And I, and I, I just, let me just vent for a minute we've got a problem here and I ran into it with my younger two kids as far as getting on the internet and basically, you know, getting involved when getting trapped into it and all the rest of it. And it it becomes a real problem when you have children that are simply constantly on the internet. I mean, my girls didn't even have iPads. They didn't have iPhones. They had nothing. But what they would do is uh, they would sneak around the corner and watch us unlock the iPads. And then when we would leave to go to lunch or something, me and Sharon, they would unlock the iPads and go explore the Internet. And it was a problem. And it became became like a taboo, forbidden topic. And so it created, I guess, some type of, how should you say, uh, you know, wanting to do this because it's against what, you know, you know, we are telling them they're supposed to do. But it became a real, real, real problem. And 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 the sad part about it is, is that we were doing everything we could as a parent. Now. Would I do more if I had to do that over again? Absolutely, yes. I would never have left any of my iPads or computers or telephones not locked up when I left the house. They would have been locked up. I mean locked up in a vault. I'd have got it all in one of those little paper vaults, and I'd have locked it up with a tumbler on it, and it would have been a nightmare having to always open the vault to get your iPads and everything else back out, but I would have done that. I would have gone to that extent to prevent this because these things that they're seeing and the things that they've done on the Internet and all the rest of this stuff is absolutely awful. And the problem with it is, is that in the event that you don't understand, you know, what's on the Internet and you don't understand how bad it is, 
you're basically going to just not realize the problems that they're going to have if they start watching and seeing things that are bad. And it, and it changes them. I saw that in both my girls. And I remember it's just so frustrating to me because I didn't know what to do because that cat had already been left out of the – that cat had already got out of the bag. Yeah, that's a terrible metaphor to putting a cat in a bag. Uh, kind of tells you how I feel about cats. Well, not really. Well, yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, probably sort of. But but the reality is this. I'm not going to slam cats because of toxoplasmosis and toxoplasma getting into the human brain. But I won't do that today. But the reality <laughs> – you already know where this show's going, don't you guys? It's going to be a fun show today. But, you know, I get so frustrated because, you know, the AI thing is such a mess with the metaverse. And the AI thing is a serious, serious problem because, again – this is a quantum mechanics thing. This is a, this when they talk about the D-wave computer, <clears throat> they talk about it being the altar of an alien god. But they're talking about Lucifer, and the guy who developed it says, "Well, we don't know how it works. It just works." Well, no, it's an interdimensional interface into another dimension where these entities reside, and it's going to allow him to tie into us through a five G, six G network and control brain patterns and brain waves to basically controlling thoughts. The same thing they did in Genesis chapter six. Yesterday, and I've, I've done this before, and I've talked to many friends, they were talking about you know, personal life coaches and people that are out there talking about life coaches and helping other people and all that. And one of the big things that people do nowadays is they want to basically change their behavioral patterns and change their lives, and they hire life coaches to do this. Now, let me give you some really good parameters real quick if you're going to hire a life coach. And then I'm going to tell you who you should hire. This, 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 we're going to be real, real. We're going to be candid here today. Here's the thing, you know, if you want to have a plumber, okay, just get the plumber who's the best plumber, especially if you're putting a slab in a house, or if you're putting in a swimming pool because you don't want a busted pipe underneath a slab, or whatever. If it costs you an extra twenty or thirty percent, just pay the money because you need a perfectly good plumber who's going to do things right. If you have to have brain surgery. You need to find a brain surgeon who doesn't kill all his patients. Yeah, that's really important. If you're going to find anything, if you want an attorney, you don't need to hire some, you know, some, some, some weirdo. You need, to, you need to get a really good attorney with a really high IQ who can get things done. That's why I always – the constant here for my family is John Parman. He's phenomenal. He's one of the best attorneys I've ever known. God's absolutely brilliant. And so, you know, you find somebody that can get things done, who can think outside of a box, who basically can get themselves out of a wet paper bag with a cutting knife. I mean, you, you got to find somebody that's going to be good. Okay, now you say, what, what are you talking about, wet paper bags with cutting knives? Okay, just, just give me a second here. If you're going to hire a life coach, you better look at their life. Yeah, I just shouldn't have gone there, should I? You need to find out what they do with their life. You need to find out if they're married, if they're in a relationship. You need to find out you know, if they're successful. You need to find out what their lifestyle is. You need to find out if they practice what they preach. That goes right back to finding a preacher, doesn't it? It goes back to everything in life. And you know, a lot of the life coaches, they read a few things. They get a few certifications. And they suddenly they go online and they pick up clients. And they start telling the clients how to live and what to do. Now, some of these life coaches are really good. And some of them do have some wisdom. I'll give them that. I will do that. But they need to be talking to you about everything, including spirituality. They need to be talking to you about physics. They need to be talking to you about budgeting and how not to spend all your money all the time. They need to be talking to you about how you affect other people and personal development and all the rest. Because, I mean, think about it for a second. If I've got a, an appointment with the CEO of a Fortune 500 corporation, this guy's giving me 15 minutes of his time. 
the guy makes $200 million a year, and he's interested in talking to Ted Brower. Okay? If Ted Brower shows up you know, late, the CEO is probably going to be gone. If Ted Brower shows up wearing ratty clothes, the CEO is probably not going to see me. If Ted, if Ted Brower shows up using filthy language or telling dirty jokes or, you know, covered in, you know, tattoos, facial tattoos and all the rest of this crazy stuff that people do nowadays, he's probably not going to think, take me seriously. Or same thing, if I can step out onto a platform in front of 45,000 people, which I've done, and I do a seminar, if I show up dressed sloppy or bad language or whatever, it's probably not going to work. I remember uh, Peter Lowe did a lot of the seminars with us way back when, and I remember one guy who, if I told you his name, you'd know who he is. He was basically using filthy language on the platform, filthy language. I mean, bad language. I mean, really perverted stuff. And he got terminated, got terminated. And this is a nationally known speaker because he was basically thinking he could say whatever he wanted to say because he was who he was. And he had the ability to basically hold the crowd. Good speaker, but he decided to use filthy language. He got terminated from a contract. They were paying him a huge amount of money every day to do the seminars and to speak. That didn't matter to him. He could keep his mouth clean. All of this stuff is important that we understand is personal development. Now, why am I saying all that this morning? Because one of the other things a lot of these life coaches do is they talk about affirmations. Now, affirmations are great. I've talked about them many times on the show. Is that, that here's where they are. Uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm committing my plans unto the Lord, therefore they will succeed. I'm always at the right place at the right time every time. God determines the course of my steps. Put the scripture with the affirmations. You can actually look up online positive scriptural affirmations, and you can actually pull out 40 or 50 of them, and you can include those in your prayer time. Now, here is the thing that they don't tell you, and this is so important that you get this, guys, and I'm going to go to the news here in just a second, but I want to cover this because this was important. Affirmations alone don't do anything. Hey, wait a minute. What do you mean? What do you, what do you know? I want the universe to bring me everything, and I'm going to speak that over myself. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just take a chill pill. Do a chill pill right now. It's your lifestyle choices. It's your affirmations. It's the prayer time talking to the Most High God. It's your relationship with Jesus. I'm telling you this. It doesn't matter what you get in life. If you ain't got a relationship with God, if you don't know who Jesus is, if you don't know that he holds the universe together through quantum mechanics and how it all works together through string theory, if you don't understand what the cross is and what the blood of Jesus does and the power that we have that raised Jesus from the dead that dwells in us, and that he's the author and he's the finisher, he's the perfecter of our faith, you may make a lot of money, but are you, you going to have the righteous peace and the joy from the filling of the Holy Spirit in your life? You're not. And the thing about it is, too, with affirmations, you got to look at your lifestyle choices. Do you spend every single penny you make? Are you always broke? Are you always trying to make your credit card bills at the end of the month? Are you constantly going on vacations that you can't afford because you just want to do it? Are, are, you, are you spending everything you make? Are, are, you just, are, 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 you, are you not budgeting yourself properly? Ask yourself those questions. Are you paying your bills? Are, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you defrauding other people you know, by not, if you're, are you borrowing money and not paying it back? And the list goes on and on and on. It's the things that we do that changes our lives because it's like a sarcophagus, and I've used this analogy before, and I'll use it real quick for the new listeners. It's like pouring concrete around your feet. You still step on the concrete. You walk around in a little bit. It's, it's wet, and you're like, okay, what's no big deal? A little concrete. I'm, I'm okay until it hardens up. And you pour a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Pretty soon, you've got this whole thing that you've done by the words that you've spoken and the actions that you've taken, and you've built a concrete sarcophagus around your body. 
Now you got two little eye holes, little nose hole, little mouth hole where they have to put a tube in to feed you. And all of a sudden you're going, Heck, how did I get in this? It's because of the words that you speak. It's because of the actions that you do. It's because of the life that you lived. You say, well, I, 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 don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know why I have cirrhosis of the liver. Maybe because you drink too much. This is a high probability. I don't know why I've got fatty liver disease. Maybe because you drink too much or because you're eating high fructose corn syrup all the time. I, I don't know how this happened to me. Well, yeah, I want you to look it back and analyze it. Jim Rohn said it this way, and he said it so succinctly. He goes, if you take a scale of your failings and your and the things that you've done right, and you put them on a scale and you weigh them, he says, you can quantify where you are and why you are and what you're doing right now and what happened to your life. He goes, very rarely do you have an earthquake come in, suck up your business and plant, and you don't have insurance on it. It gets shut up inside the earthquake, and the earth closes up, and suddenly everything you have is gone. He said it doesn't work that way. He said it's because of little failings that you do. You forget the budget. You forget to make a phone call. You forget to do things that you know you need to do on a regular basis, and you just let them go. You let them slide. And pretty soon what ends up happening is you find yourself driving what you don't want to drive, living where you don't want to live, being with who you don't want to be with. Oh, gosh, I shouldn't have said that one, but I did. And all of a sudden, all of these things come back to haunt you, and you go, what the heck did I do? It wasn't one major thing you did. It was all the little things. Little foxes spoil the vines, the Bible says. That's why the Bible is so clear. You know, to do what you – come ye out from among them, be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing is what it says in Corinthians. I've got a friend of mine. He's got a girlfriend. You know, he's a good friend. I've known him for a long time. But I've known him for about 25 years. And his girlfriend had an ex-boyfriend she was with for 10 years. And every so often, she leaves to go work with the ex-boyfriend and spend the night at his house. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up, okay? And he called me up last night. He's in tears. He doesn't know what to do because the ex-boyfriend's very wealthy and my friend's not. And so she's hedging her bets by continuing to maintain a relationship with somebody who basically he doesn't even know. Her boyfriend, her boyfriend doesn't, but my friend doesn't even know this other guy. But she's used to the excuse, well, he's working you know, on a project. He needs my help because I was with him for all those years. But he wants me to spend the night at his house so we can work late into the night. Now, all you guys are laughing hysterically right now, and all you ladies are laughing hysterically and saying, what is wrong with your friend? <laughs> That's what I told him last night. I said, what the heck are you doing? I said, why do you think this is okay? This isn't okay. You know, if, if you're with somebody and you're in love with them and you're dating them, they can't be going out and spending the night at the old boyfriend's house. It's not okay. And it's the same thing with the husband. I got an old girlfriend that I've gotten. She needs some help. So I'm going to go spend the night at her house. And I, I sat here because this guy's a Christian. I sat here and I just shook my head last night. I said, what are you thinking, dude? What are the choices that you're making? But again, he's not very successful, great guy, but he makes a lot of the same mistakes over and over again. And I hope he's not listening to the show this morning, but he, he doesn't listen to the show, so it doesn't really matter. So, But the point is this. It's something that we all have to work on individually. You make the same choices that you made to get to where you are. You're going to get the same results. This isn't, this isn't rocket science. This is just common sense. Learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And then remember one other thing, too. If you have Jesus Christ who built the universe, who died on a cross for you, who spilt his blood for you, and the same power that raised him from the dead dwells in you. Why are you not plugging in your extension cord? Are you listening to me this morning? 
Why are you not plugging in the extension cord to take advantage of what he did for you because he did it for you because he loves you so much and plug into him and let him energize you all the days of your life? It didn't make any sense to me. So I was talking to this coach that I knew and they were telling me how, you know, they talk about the universe and have the universal energy and how they meditate. And I went, whoa, 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 stop it. It ain't going to work. Then you can turn into an Oprah Winfrey weirdo. <laughs> Without Jesus, who's the author and the finisher and the perfecter of my faith, which I've already said, and your faith too, by the way, in the middle of this, who created the universe and the power that goes through him. So, okay, so you make a bunch of money while you're here, right? Then you die. How'd that work out for you? All right? <laughs> now you're separated from the creator, from God Almighty, for all of eternity, because you never acknowledged who he was. How the heck did that work out for you? You were here 50, 60, 70, 80, maybe 100 years. But now you got a billion years to think about the fact that you didn't do what you needed to do. That's kind of a no-win situation as far as I'm concerned. That's kind of like a yucky place to have to deal with because, I mean, now you're sitting there going, what the heck is that all about? You know, I, I worked my butt off my whole life and made a bunch of money, and I got a bunch of brat children that are basically trust fund babies that won't work. They're using all the money up. I said, I, you know, I, I, would, I, was, I, was, I was never going to go through the money. I was trying to save it and be careful with it and budget it, and now the brats are going out and spending it all. <laughs> you're sitting in heaven going, and none of them are saved. And I'm dealing with this, and they know, they're going to be dealing with this. Remember what Jesus said in one of his psalms and what he was teaching? He was talking about, he was talking about the rich man Lazarus. And I'm, I've covered this stuff before, but I got a lot of new listeners all the time. And listen to this. The rich man is living his life up. Man, he's high on the hog. He's having parties. He's, he's just partying. And here's Lazarus, you know, laying at the end of the table, begging for food. Dogs are licking Lazarus's wounds. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the rich man dies. And Lazarus dies. Now, they're both talking to each other. Great chasm is fixed. They can't go back and forth. But talks about this. I've covered this before on the show. And then, and then the rich guy is in this place of torment. He goes, can you please just let Lazarus dip his finger in this glass of water and just, just cool my, quench my thirst for just a second? And Abraham says, this is a great chasm fixed between us. can't happen. And then he goes, well, will you at least, will you at least send somebody back from the dead to warn my family not to come here? And then Jesus said, I tell you the truth, even if somebody returns from the dead, they will not listen. And why would he say that? Because Jesus is going to be omnipresent. He knows what's going to happen to the future. Some people get this message that I'm giving you today. Some people just don't get it. And see, that's the thing, isn't it? If you've got the extension cord that you can plug in to the creator of the universe, why don't you use it? Because <laughs> i tell you what. No, this last year and a half since Sharon's passed away, I've thought about things a lot differently, I guess. And I realized about mortality and things that happen and things that don't happen and why certain things happen and all the rest of it. And I realized that what really matters is what we do for God and what we do for Christ. Someone asked me the other day, are you a preacher? And I kind of chuckled. And I said, I guess I am. Aren't we all? Aren't we all supposed to be that? 
aren't we all supposed to be helping our friends when we see something wrong, like Austin does when he sees them with the iPads and all the rest of it? Aren't we all supposed to be that? You know, Canada's now is euthanizing a whole bunch of people every year. <laughs> it never ends because they become so despondent and so sad they basically don't want to be around anymore. And then we've got you know another story from Daily Mail: the first ever known case of zombie deer disease confirmed in Yellowstone National Park. Officials warn of fatal brain virus that makes animals drool and unafraid of humans. I'll tell you what this is: this is aluminum toxicity and barium toxicity. These are herbivores. They're eating the plants and the vegetation that are soaked in chemtrails. You think, well, gosh, you're going to go there today too? Yeah, I might as well for a second. Daily Mail just put us out. Last time I went to Cage Cove. Up in the Great Smoky National Park, I used to see hundreds of deer there. Last time I saw like one or two. You know, deer disease has swept the country now because of all this stuff. Here's another interesting article. It says, Silicon Valley's vision for AI is driven by a perverted need of religion, immortality without the God of the Bible. Isn't that what I'm talking about today? Isn't that what I'm talking about who these people are? They don't want God because they hate God. They, they really do. Bill Gates has just launched – 50 and 5, global digital infrastructure plans. Of course he has. He's another Rothschild cutout. Last week, the United Nations Development Program officially launched their new initiative promoting digital public infrastructure around the world. The 50 and 5 program, so-called because it aims to introduce DPI in 50 countries in the next five years, began with a live stream event on November the 8th. Of course, they had to do it on my birthday. For those of you who are unsure what digital public infrastructure is, the 50 and 5 website is quite clear. There's nothing new here for anyone who's been paying even the slightest bit of attention. Digital identity and digital payment systems are self-explanatory. We've covered them before. Data exchange systems essentially means national governments will share identity and financial records of citizens across borders with other nations or indeed with global government agencies. In other words, we're all going to get tracked. Why do you think they wanted your DNA? Hmm? Why do you think they wanted your DNA? They, you got so that's a specific radio frequency, by the way, because you're a digital, you're a digital, you're digital, you're digitized. You're, you're, we're in a holographic universe. You're a frequency. Your whole body's a frequency based upon your hair color, your eye color. Everybody's got their own digital footprint, their own frequency, like a radio station. Tune into Ted Brower, tune into Austin Brower, tune into Brad, tune into Charles, tune into all these different people. Tune, turn them, tune into Riley. You've got a specific frequency that's your DNA. It's a vibratory string. You know, Charles Hagelin said that the other day, that what they've learned here is that they, at the core level of the universe is an underlying superstring field in which we are all an energy signature. I quoted that on the show last week. You guys can listen to that one again. And all we have to do here is understand that God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He loves you with all of his heart. And he doesn't want these entities and these other dimensions to control you because they hate you. It's like the trifecta with these clowns. They hate you. They want to be you, and they're jealous of you, and they just basically want to just get rid of you because they hate God so much. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen, and they can't be fed off the energy field that is God like we can, like sunshine, I guess. You want to use it as an easy one to remember. You've got to have sun. If you don't you put an animal in the dark, they die. But humans need to be beings in the dark when they're little children, and when they're babies, they go, but they don't ever develop eyesight. All this stuff happens – because we're in an energy field that is God Almighty's energy field that is through Jesus Christ, through everything's held together through. But yet we want to sit back and just pretend like it's not real. It's not real. I've got to go do my you know, nails today. I've got to go do my pedicure and my manicure, so many women say, and I've got to do my hair. Don't get me wrong. 
you know, nice nails and nice pedicure, nice hair. They look nice. Okay. It's like a guy who has, who's neatly trimmed and who has a nice haircut and who's, who's got a beard that's cut tight or whatever. I think, you know, people can look really good dressed up nice. All that stuff's, you know, important. I don't know what the Bible says about that. It says that the lilies of the field, you know, are basically more beautiful and more adorned than Saul in all of his glory. Yet they go into the thrashing field and they get burned. He goes, why in the world are you going to worry about what you eat or what you drink or what you wear? God's going to take care of all this stuff. And who by worrying can add a single moment to their life? I've got a friend who's about to enter a bodybuilding contest. It's all stressed out. And I told her this morning, I said, look, I said, what's the worst thing that happens on this contest? Is that you don't win? So that's all right. It's no big deal. Enjoy the journey because it's the journey that we have, isn't it? Isn't the journey sometimes more fun than the destination? You're all excited about doing something one week and you're going to go on a vacation and you're going to go to, you know, you're going to go to Fiji. Okay. And you get all excited. or You're going to go to Australia and you get, you all geeked up to enjoy this. And suddenly you get there and you're on Fiji and there's nothing to do. And after about three days on Fiji, you're going, God, how mighty am I bored? This is, this is, I didn't think it'd be like this. You know, being in a hut with a glass floor, looking at some fish floating around underneath me. That was nice for the first 20 hours, but now I'm like, what am I going to do now? Gosh. I've been on vacations like that. You go to a certain place, thought, well, I thought it was going to be more than this. So many times the journey of our lives is the most important thing because that's when we get to bring honor and glory to God and all that we do think and say. But we as Christians, at the end, because we're attached to God Almighty through Jesus, through a blood covenant, we get to be with God in glory forever. And that's the neatest thing about being a Christian is that when you do that and you accept Christ, you got this world down here. That's enjoyable as it can be if you have the right attitude. Even these entities are running around trying to mess with you, but they can't touch you because you're sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. Satan runs about as a roaring lion seeking those whom he may devour. He has rules of engagement. He may not devour you because you're sanctified. He can't touch you. He can do some things around you, you know, and all the rest of it, but he can't touch your salvation. You know, we have victory in Jesus. I mean, it's, it's, that's the key here, isn't it? The victory that we have through Christ, the love that we have through Christ, the power that we have through Christ. Plug that cord in today, guys. Always remember that. He loves you. He loved you so much he's willing to die for you. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Oh, it's well said. It's good information. And, you know, one thing about it is that's why it's so critically important to also continue to encourage one another. You know, a lot of times you see people that are going through stuff or having an issue, and that's why it's good to reach out to people on a regular basis. You know, just check in on people sometimes. You never know what everybody's going through. And especially in this day and age, what we're seeing now with the 5G and the radiation and all these different things that are occurring now, you're seeing people that are having a lot of issues with certain things, primarily a lot of them sleep. You know, that's why I always encourage people if you're having a lot of issues with sleep you know try the melatonin sublingual stack it with a total rest if you need to those two work really good to sleep like a baby kid we have it on the website because making sure you're getting adequate sleep and rest is crucial you know what happens is if you don't get enough sleep you start having all types of neurological issues and all types of focus issues and all kinds of stuff and so that's why it's really really crucial you maintain your health maintain your sleep and you continue to reach out to one another if they need anything you continue to encourage people also to another news this is interesting gilead is wrapped up in another lawsuit now they're getting lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit now 
for falsely advertising remdesivir is safe and effective, the lawsuit states. The article is originally published by the Defender and Children's Health Defense. And so essentially what's happened is now is plaintiffs are alleging that Gilead engaged in false advertisement, deceptive promotion, same thing we talked about in one of the other ones. This is not going away. This needs to get exposed. Gilead, I did not know this, so I started doing some research on it. Gilead, under Donald Trump, of course, this was a over a billion dollar contract they got with the United States after the FDA approved remdesivir for the pandemic corona SARS COVID-2 virus, the first drug to receive that status. The EU and the U.S. decisions excuse me, paved the way for Gilead's drug into two major markets. And what happened was, so they got contracts in Europe and in the United States as standard care and essentially started rolling this stuff out. And I was crazy about it. Again, I've talked to you guys again about Gilead and what they did with remdesivir in 2016 and how it was completely and totally useless from actually helping any patients or participants out in a clinical trial in fact, it started to just kill all of them and blew their kidneys out. And what's interesting about this is the FDA and their dealings between Gilead and EU make it another sign that there's obviously more and more just this contradiction of what the FDA says and what they do, how they continue to sit there and act like they're there to protect the population and make sure quality of products are rolled out and approving this and approving that. Yet there was no significant studies that they looked at at all. And what's interesting about this is they apparently, allegedly, the European Union and FDA didn't know about the failed trial from 2016 until it came out later on. Now, you either have to be living under a rock or just be a complete and total moron if you're the FDA to actually think anybody believes that they didn't know about the clinical trials in 2016 and what remdesivir did to the participants in Africa. I mean, you can't, you can't, I don't even believe they believe that. And yet here's what they've continually said is that it was safe and effective and it essentially was a standard of care. And that's why these lawsuits now are rolling out, out, out because they were not properly disclosing to people in the hospitals what was actually going on with remdesivir and what the side effects were going to be when they put people on it. This was extremely deceptive, and it killed a lot of people. I was explaining it to my buddy last night. He stopped over, and we were talking, and he uh, he knew about it to an extent. And I told him, I said, that's what the pandemic was, bro. It was a pandemic of remdesivir. I said, there were very few people that actually straight died from contracting SARS-CoV-2, period. There was, there was very few that I ever encountered. I talked to families or friends or anybody that actually you know, got COVID, stayed at home, took supplements, and you know, basically died on their couch, as morbid as that is. Those cases didn't exist. Almost everything was in hospital under care. So if the doctors and the hospitals were killing everyone, why in the world would you go to them for any other health topic after that? It's my million-dollar question. That's why I've talked to so many people about it. I said, you know, if you've got an issue where, you know, you break an ankle, you break a wrist, you got to go get a set, there's some extremely incredible surgeons and doctors out there that are just amazing. If you've got a problem, you know, like I said, you got a head injury, you have your surgery, incredible surgeons out there. But this whole standard of care that they did during COVID should give everybody a really, really vast wake-up call on what the medical establishment is designed to do. And it's not designed to keep people healthy and keep people safe. It's designed to continue to generate 
billions and billions and billions of dollars. So I've said before, the United States is one of the only countries in the entire world that allows direct consumer marketing of pharmaceutical drugs on television. Period. You don't have that in Europe when you go over there. You turn on the television in Europe, you don't have a pharmaceutical drug every two or three commercials back to back to back to back to back. You go to Australia, you don't have pharmaceutical commercials on television. They can't do it. It's illegal. There's a reason why. This is why it's so important because I've always said make sure you're turning the television off or muting the commercials. Don't allow that stuff to be subliminally propagandized into your brain and to plant those seeds because that's what people don't realize. You may see a commercial for a pharmaceutical drug. And you're like, I don't have restless leg syndrome. I don't care about the two people that are frolicking in the you know field with the butterflies floating around them. I don't care. This this commercial is irrelevant to me. What happens is that commercial continues to play and can play and plays and plays and plays and repeat over and over and over and over and over again every night, every day while you're watching TV unmuted. And what happens is it starts planting seeds in your brain. It starts planting propaganda in your mind. It starts sitting there saying – well, you know, maybe you should talk to your doctor about restless leg syndrome because your foot twitched last night when you were sleeping. Oh, yeah. You, you know what? Maybe I will talk to my doctor. Maybe I will go ask him about this because you know what? I, I don't like my foot twitching in the middle of the night. Instead of sitting there and going, taking some magnesium brain food, soaking in some magnesium bath salts, which work incredibly well for helping out as far as with muscle spasms and twitching and so forth. Now, instead of doing that, I'm going to go to the doctor and talk about another pharmaceutical drug. And what happens is it's psychological warfare 101 when you continue to bombard the brain with information over and over and over and over and over again repetitively. You continually plant those seeds. So be aware of that. Understand what they're doing with these drugs. Understand what they're doing with the media and understand this very strange things that are going on right now. That's why it's so important. Also, to another news, I found this to be almost ironic. I mean, just funny. I mean, in California right now, you got these overpasses that are being shut down, Interstate 10 being shut down because of the fires of these homeless people. Basically, these giant tent cities are just, I mean, going ablaze all over the place. San Francisco has been one of the most decadent cities in the entire country as far as with the needles on the street, the feces, and the homeless. Well, ironically enough, when the uh, Chinese dictator came over, <laughs> came over a couple days ago for this summit, uh, ironically enough, they somehow had San Francisco squeaky clean. There wasn't a single homeless person anywhere. All the tent cities were gone. There's no needles or feces on the street anymore. Everything was perfect all over the place. And it's ironic because people were joking around about it and you know, but making a valid point. They said, how sad is it that we haven't been able to get anything done in San Francisco for years? The just absolute crime, the homelessness, the drug addiction, everything has become so rampant. And suddenly, suddenly, when you got China coming over, the communists, they suddenly get San Francisco all cleaned up, all squeaky clean, ready to go. Just, hey, don't worry about it. Everything's good here. It shows you again how the problems that are created in a lot of areas are intentional. And that a lot of issues that could be prevented and problems that could be fixed aren't fixed on purpose because they want to keep as much chaos as possible. They want to continue to keep people wrapped up and focusing on what's going on here and what's going on there. That's why this entire thing with Israel and Palestine has been this giant obfuscation. And while you turn around and you say, well, anybody that supports Palestine is a Hamas-supporting terrorist, well, anybody that's supporting Israel and carpet bombing of another city you could say the same thing. 
there's two different viewpoints on these topics. Whatever your viewpoint may be, that's perfectly fine. But again, you can't turn around and start telling people they don't have the ability to have a different opinion. You have to blindly support a country because you're told to support it. That's not freedom. That's not that's not what this country was built on. This country was built on having the ability to disagree, to say, no, that's a hard pass for me, bud. I'm not I'm not going to do that. I don't like it. I don't I don't agree with what this country's doing. But whenever you start having this blind support, you're told that you have to blindly support anything and everything somebody does, any company, any business, any country, you have to blindly support them. There's no freedom in that. That's, that's there's no constitutional value in that, and there's no biblical values in that whatsoever. I've seen some of these pastors now that have been, you know, getting up there and ranting and raving about Israel, taking donations for them now. So I saw a video the other day talking about how everything has to cater around them. And I thought to myself, well, if you ask a question, why? And of course, they come up with all these different reasons and all these different scenarios that you have to do it. My question is, I don't have to do anything. Freedom of will. A lot of people fail to understand that, but yet they want to use that for certain things. But yet with other things, they want to completely and totally erode it. It baffles my mind in some cases how many people are willing to allow themselves to go down a road and be completely manipulated by certain groups. But then they want to take a step back and pretend like they're actually speaking the truth and getting stuff out there. It boggles my mind. Also, to another news, <laughs> side note. U.S. credit gets downgraded as signs of default are becoming clear. We knew the U.S. dollar was on its way out, and it is. Who knows if it's not going to be in a couple months, probably not a couple months, still got a couple more years out of it. What's interesting about this is the financial situation is deteriorating rapidly as the U.S. debt was downgraded a few days ago. The change was long overdue and highlights how dangerous the situation is becoming for bondholders including anyone with retirement funds. There's so much I want to put out there so you guys understand this. The nationally recognized statistical ratings organization, Fitch, downgraded U.S. debt this year, citing the federal government's completely unstable path of ever-growing deficits. It was interesting about this. I was looking at the numbers on it. They said the federal government's financial situation has notably deteriorated in the three months following the downgrade. It goes on to say here the Treasury borrowed over 500 hundred billion dollars to finance the bloated federal budget the deficit for the current fiscal year is on track to exceed over three trillion dollars and roughly double the deficit from the previous fiscal year the debt is over 33.7 trillion and the cost to serve this debt is exploding annual interest on the federal debt now exceeds one trillion dollars that's interest guys this isn't the cost of paying down the debt this is just the interest expense on the debt it's like paying on a credit card and paying nothing but straight interest on it the card never becomes paid off and the interest on americans credit card is essentially fast approaching two trillion dollars annually if this goes up meaning this is unstable it's unsustainable it can't it can't go on for on and on and on forever that's why i've constantly encouraged people to make sure you diversify in whatever direction you do. I'm not giving you financial advice. There's a lot of very strange things that are happening. That's why so many people are getting out of cash right now. That's why even the real estate and interest rates with real estate have gone up with the interest rates. The housing market in some areas is still hot because you've got buyers now that are coming in that have saved up money or you've got investors and they're buying anything they can just to get out of cash because the dollar is devaluing so quickly right now in the United States. That's why there's Inflation rate, they can't get it down. What they did with COVID, I think the six or seven trillion dollars that they pumped out of the economy within a one year time, that was not going to work. There was nothing sustainable about that. That was probably one of the biggest 
redistributions of wealth we've ever witnessed here in the United States. And now you're starting to see this here because what's happening is this debt isn't going to continue to go down. It's going up, up, up. The dollar's lost more than 17% of its value since 2021. And the bondholders are now being repaid with devalued dollars. So essentially what people are buying and what they're investing in is pretty much anything's almost better than cash right now. Just thought I would throw that out there. Also, too, another news, this is interesting as well. I was looking earlier, and there was this discussions on what is going on as far as in the health industry and the supplement nutrient industry because so many people are actually starting to wake up and realize that the quality of nutrients that are in your supplements actually make a difference. I was talking to somebody that was also in the industry with me, and they were talking about how consumers are really starting to do their own research. And I said, well, yeah, they should. They should have been for years. He was talking about sucralose. He brought sucralose up to me. I talked to you guys about it yesterday. And I said, that is why it's so important. If you're going and you're getting supplements, you're getting vitamins, you do your research on the base ingredients that's actually in them. You actually look at what it is. That's why we're so transparent with our supplements here at Health Masters. We'll break everything down to the exact ingredient, you know, the exact compound that's in there, all the way down the ingredient line. So you can compare and contrast. And that's why it's because what's happened is now this industry is getting saturated with a lot of really, really shady individuals. How should I say? That's why I learned years ago back in the bodybuilding industry that the whey protein and the protein shake companies, you know, the, the powdered protein, half that stuff was a straight scam. What they were doing is, in most cases, the whey protein that they said they were putting in these cans was essentially from China. And it was Chinese whey protein that they were basically scraping off the floor, essentially, after they process it and it's triple heated. They'd have this whey protein they had to get rid of. Well, easiest way to do it is batch it up in drums and sell it to another industry to throw it in the cans. Then they do is then they pump nitrogen into it and increase the protein rating. So when they tested it, so you see these companies who's got 40 grams of protein per serving. Where's the actual whey protein coming from? Where's the source of it? That's why our whey that we get, it's all from grass-fed New Zealand whey from cows in New Zealand. New Zealand has some of the strictest bovine laws in the world. And they actually you're actually getting real true whey protein that feeds your body. Not some stuff that's been triple processed heat on the floor, you know, some Chinese warehouse that they're scraping up and selling to the next consumer. So be very, very vigilant whenever you're buying stuff, especially also, too, as I told you before, with the food buckets and the stored food. It's really crucial. It's really important that people make sure they have a hedge right now as far as with food and supplies. All it takes is a couple, couple small events or one large event. Suddenly the supermarkets are empty. Suddenly, no more resupply on food, and it's always important to be self-sufficient to the point where you and your family don't have to go out in that mayhem. You need to stay in your house for a week. You need to defend your property for a month. You have the ability to do so without having to run around, but it's also crucial that you make sure whatever you store up, it's something that you can eat on a daily basis, and it's still going to give you energy and nutrient density. That's why the organic food buckets that we have have been so popular over the years. Because I've used – I've tried all of them. I've used all of them in there, and they're actually – it's actually food you can use and actually you know, feel good on, and you're not running around slugging because everything's full of high fructose corn syrup and garbage. So be sure – use your brain, read ingredients, do research on whatever you're buying right now because quite frankly, the consumer and the market has all the power. The research that you can do now online and what you can look up and what you can research is so far vast 
what it used to be back in the day. So I continually encourage you guys, get the truth out there, do your research, and talk to others about the same thing. What do you think, Ted? You know, also the quality of supplements is really important if you're going to be ingesting this stuff. And, and that's why if I won't take something, if I won't put something in my body, I'm not going to sell it. I remember years ago, you know, we were doing the soy protein thing. This is, oh gosh, a long time. It's over 20 years ago. And I had I was iffy on it to start with, but I'd read so much about how great it was. And I thought, you know, I just don't like this. Finally, I did a bunch of research on it, and we had cases of this stuff. And we were selling a lot of it because it was being promoted so heavily. And I didn't like it because in my naturopathic training, I'd, I've been taught just to stay away from it. And I kind of compromised, to be honest with you. I did. I did. This is like over 20 years ago. And finally, I did some more research, and I came into my secretary. There was Donna. I said, Donna, take it off the website. And she goes, what do you mean? She goes, we sold a lot of it. I said, no, ship it all back. I said, I don't want it. I said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I said, I've got a lot of people that want this stuff because they're ignorant. They don't understand. I didn't want to do it, and I'm doing it. I don't want to deal, deal with this anymore. I said, ship it all back. I'll never do this again, and I haven't because I was trying to compensate, not compensate. I was trying to adjust the market for what people wanted, and it was a super high-quality soy protein. It was the best you could get. It was, it was non-GMO, no corn, no anything. But then I started doing – then I did, then what happened is I started doing the research on it, and right after I got rid of it, I wrote that story, that article that I had written. that says the soy turned little boys into little girls, and it does. And that's why I said I'm done. I can't deal with this. I want this stuff out of here because once I realized and educated myself, I wasn't going to allow myself at that point to even be involved with that at all. She goes, okay, and we did. We took it off the website, called the manufacturer up. They said they'd be happy to take it all back because we were such good customers. And we sent back cases and cases and cases of it because I wasn't going to sell it anymore. And then I had a bunch of bunch of customers got all mad at me. I can't believe you don't sell soy protein anymore. I said, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. Not going to put it in my body. Not going to. If I'm not going to put it in my body, you're not going to put it in your body. By the way, the army. By the way, I just I was just uh, texting back and forth a good friend of mine, Eddie, that I've known for a long time, who's like a one of these really specialists in the military. Great guy, great friend. And, uh, and I sent him this article, and it says, the Army is begging unvaccinated soldiers to return. Army is forced to reverse the course as people are refusing to enlist. Wait a minute. The Army is now begging COVID unvaccinated soldiers who underwent involuntary discharge for the refusal to take this clot shot poisonous shot, I'm adding that, to return to service and also permits them to correct their military services. Just two years ago, in a shameful campaign, the Pentagon was gleefully discharging soldiers who refused to take the COVID shot. We were assured that these discharges would not affect many military readiness. Go, here's the quote. I could tell you there are no operational impacts across the force of readiness. Marine Corps Lieutenant General David Ottoman told lawmakers there's no one community that is single and instant where the leader, NCO, or other enlisted Marine is not present because of that. Whoa, how about that? The Marine Corps now has, by far, kicked out the most service members, 1,968 total, 20% of whom received an honorable discharge. That amounts to just one, under 1% of the total force, which stands at about 215,000. However, the readiness did suffer. Thousands of service members were dismissed, and potential recruits declined to enlist in the armed services because, guess what? Young, healthy men rightfully loathe COVID vaccines. More than 17,000 members balked at taking the shots, citing safety, fears linked to the vaccine's speedy development, spurred by the misinformation about messenger RNA technology, as well as concern over fetal cell lines used in formation and testing. The more the controversy raged, the news, the more troops asked to skip the shots, Military Times reported. Imagine that. And here's part of the letter. It says, we write you to notify of the new Army guidelines. I'm going to read this. It's real small print. 
new Army guidance regarding the correction of military records for foreign members of the Army following the rescission of the COVID vaccine. Former soldiers who were involuntarily separated for refusal to receive this vaccination may request a correction of their military records from both the Military Discharge Review Board. Individuals who desire to apply to return to military service. <laughs> I mean, this is funny. I, I'm sorry. And I feel bad for all the military guys that did this and got forced to do this because of careers. But here we are a couple years later after this pathetic, imbecile, senile, Alzheimer-stoked president or whatever the heck he has wrong with him did all of this stuff. But now the military is not operational ready any longer. Imagine that. You know, it's interesting how sometimes when we do things, we've got to come back and crawfish. That's what the Army is doing right here. Guys, listen to me. If you don't want to do something, I don't care who you're working for. I don't care any of that stuff. Don't do it. Nobody has to make you take a shot. Nobody can force you to do anything. That's why you had to sign a waiver when you took it. Nobody can make you do something. This, is, this shot thing's not going to end. It's not going to end. It's going to keep going and going and going until, until they realize their eugenics protocol and they reduce the population of this planet to their stated goals, according to Bill Gates, of 500 million. That's what they want. They want us dead. And quite frankly, I'm not ready to leave yet. How about that? And I'm not going to allow them to do that to me or to my loved ones. And I will be standing from the housetops proclaiming Jesus Christ and God Almighty all the days of my life. Because that's what we're here for anyhow, isn't it? To bring honor and God, glory to God, and let him obey his commandments, as it says in Ecclesiastes. And so that's our purpose here. Remember, it goes by fast if you're young. <laughs> it goes by really fast. Make what you do count. Make what you do count every single day. Make it count for Jesus. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Austin, finish it up, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. You know, it is sad what we saw with the U.S. military and the lack of readiness that has now occurred and what they did and pushed so hard and demanded that basically service members get the shot. I, I knew multiple guys that basically went around it or other options that they had available that they did as far as with the shot. And it was sad to me because it was almost embarrassing as a country, as a whole, to see something as mighty as the U.S. Armed Forces and all branches sit there and turn around and tell everybody, you've got to take an experimental shot that's never had any long-term testing for a virus that has a 99.997% survival rate. And if you don't submit to this shot, we're essentially going to terminate you or discharge you. I mean, golly. I mean, how embarrassing of a country do you have to be? That's literally what your push is in the U.S. military, not being ready, not being strong. You got guys that are active duty. They're basically seeing active theater combat, and you're telling them, oh, your biggest concern is the COVID virus with a 99.997% survival rate. You got to get your experimental shot before you deploy. I mean, it was ludicrous what they were doing. But again, this is what happens when higher ups and authority don't ask questions. This is what happens when higher-ups and individuals in certain areas comply with tyranny. This is why I kept telling everybody when it was happening, especially people that are in businesses that were working in jobs. I said, get a religious exemption. I said, if they terminate you for having a strongly held religious belief, you have grounds for a lawsuit, period. And now you see what's happening now. You see these hospitals now that are reinstating employees and giving them back pay. You see New York City now is having to reinstate thousands of employees that it terminated, thousands, and give them back pay. Because what they did was grossly illegal. And again, this is why you've got to take a step back sometimes 
when somebody demands you do something or the media tells you you have to support something, you got to take a step back and go, you know what? I'm going to let this brew for a day or two. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to take some time. I've always told people that financial situations, whether you're, you're buying a car, you're buying a house, or you're doing whatever it is, sometimes if you feel like you need to take a day or two, that's okay. Think about it. Pray about it and decide whether or not this is still going to be a good decision to go forward with. That's really, really crucial, my friends. If you guys need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com, product of the week on sale, the Testo Plus formula, along with the Ultimate Multiple Powder on sale, finishing up this weekend for over 15% off. Be sure to check it out on the website if you need anything. And I thank you again for getting the truth out there. Thank you for supporting the show. Hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Stay strong, stay healthy, spend some time with some family, continue to exercise and keep your head up and breathe fresh air because we're free and we continue to maintain that freedom if we demand it. So again, I intentionally encourage you guys all to go out and talk to people Get the voice out there. Get the truth out there. I thank you for everything you do. Thank you for supporting this show. Have a blessed, safe, awesome evening. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you again on this show Monday as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.